Marcus, you like movies? Yes, I do. That's good. It's it's important that someone likes movies. I mean, I like movies too. I don't like the movie that we're talking about today, but that's okay. You don't have to like everything. I hate no. toxic positivity, like where you have to just like things. Like I don't I don't think that's actually a good thing. No, of course I I like I like organic liking and disliking of things. It's the most natural way to be. If you generally don't like something, that means you have constructive or not even constructive. You just have you have stuff to say outside of oh this sucks. And if you really like something, a... then you have good stuff to say. It's not just like for the sake of liking or disliking. So of course, well, I have I have a philosophical question for you, Marcus. What's that? Does all criticism have to be uh, constructive? What if you just don't like something? What if you just have like a visceral dislike of something and you can't explain it? No, Does well, that's everything... fine too. But but that go. But you're not explaining it. You just I don't like this, and I'm. I want nothing to do with it, and then you just move on to something else. Like, you, you know what I'm saying? Like, of course that's fine. Like, you don't have to explain yourself, but it gets weird if you have a visceral hatred for something, and you go on, and and you're, like, ranting or writing five pages of how you dislike. Like, then it just becomes a little pointless, just as much as, oh, I love this so much. It's so great because it's so great, and I love it because I love it, and I love it. So it's, it's the same opposite ends of the spectrum, yeah, but the same I, I... thing. I find toxic negativity and toxic positivity to both be enemies of taste. Because, oh, like, a thousand percent. A thousand percent. Because people would be like, oh, well, I just love everything. Or like, why are you hating? And there is hating. Like, sometimes I'd be hating. But when I'm hating, I try not to talk about it on the show. But I'm sure I have. It's funny, you, it, it's funny you say that. Because when it comes to film, because this is a film podcast, I always love directors who are on record openly disliking things calling out names of directors writers films but openly loving things calling out names directors writers films whatever like that's my beef with martin scorsese i guess up up until recently even though what he said was taken way out of context he every single thing you ask him about he automatically loves and that always bothered me because if you learn more about martin scorsese behind the scenes like when he was with isabella rosalini or certain actors who work with him like he didn't like stuff so it's it's almost like a fake persona where anytime you ask him about anything, he's like, "Oh, I love it. It's great. I love it. It's great." Like that's kind of that's what I always think about Martin Scorsese. And it's like, no, I want to know what you don't like. It's like everyone he looked up to, whether it be Orson Welles or Kurosawa or Hitchcock, they all openly were just like, "This movie sucks," or like, "This guy doesn't know how to direct." This blah blah blah. So I yeah, know the stuff he doesn't like. The, and that's the thing. Like any anyone that you think that is virtu, virtuoso, any virtuoso you like, and hi Doug, um, like has visceral reactions to things. Like your favorite person, if they're like, I like everything, then maybe like they're lying. Like yeah. there's this there's this video of Miyazaki being shown some CGI stuff, and he's like, this is the most disgusting thing I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah. He's like, I hate this. This is yeah. gross. Why did you waste, like, you're terrible people. Yeah. And I appreciate that. Also, like, in For 1999, sure. I think, or no, no, in the year 2000, Common said, if I don't like it, I don't like it. It doesn't mean that I hate it or something like, something very similar to that. Yeah. And, <laughs> like, I just think. If I don't like it, I don't like it. It doesn't mean I'm hate. Yeah. Exactly. What, oh, what is the, uh, something along the, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Something along those lines off this song, The Sixth Sense. Yeah, which uh, yeah. is one of my favorite Primo beats, actually. Absolutely, that 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 perfect. that song, that album takes me back to second semester freshman year at Hampton University. 
That album takes me back to dropping out of high school and being miserable. Oh, man. That's okay. Like, people, you know, because I was miserable for so long, that's why I'm interesting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, well, if I had, like, I a really good life, this would be a very boring podcast. I, I agree. You've told some My, great stories. Yeah, I mean... Thing, and, and I'll just, things you're allowed to say. Like, that's the other thing, too. Right. Like, if I was always, like, popping off and doing great, I would just sound like, you know, gloating. Yeah. <laughs> and also, there's, like, so many things that I can't even... I, I wouldn't even be comfortable talking about this on this podcast that I've talked to you about. Sure, sure. I get it. Like, what I was just, <laughs> what I was just telling you about before we hit record. Uh, yeah. But that's okay. Anyways... This is Zebras in America podcast, and you've been asking that we talk about I Care A Lot uh, yes. for the pod. You just published uh, a piece about it. and Yeah, ch- check it out. Um, it's actually cool. Like, these last, the last couple of months now, I finally got this little reassurance that, oh, people aren't just going to my Twitter. They're not just listening to Zebras in America. They're actually going to Pinland Empire. So that's cool. So I'll be updating it a, a little bit more because uh, I thought people just stopped reading it. But I, I intentionally left certain things out because I knew we were going to get it into the po- get into it on the podcast. I've been doing that a lot with my writing. It's kind of like, here's my thoughts and a little bit of a preview. And then we're going to extrapolate more uh, on, on, on Zebras uh, as well. But check, check like, that out. So Yeah, it's like a multidimensional experience. Yeah. 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 So if for people hiding on a hiding under a rock who don't watch every movie that's released on Netflix, I care a lot is a Netflix movie released like a month or so ago directed by Jay Blakeson with Rosamund Pike, Peter Dinklage, Macon Blair, Diane Weiss and a bunch of other people. And who is it? Oh, Chris Messina. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's about like this woman who is a professional guardian who has figured out how to game the system to manipulate older people to sort of leech off their funds for as long as possible and then uses that to live a life of luxury. Yeah, and like eventually li- liquidating stuff. Yeah, yeah. She liquidates people's things and she like keeps she keeps people from visiting their from their kids visiting Megan Blair being one of the children who yeah. is an important character there will be spoilers throughout this episode so if you haven't watched the movie we can't really discuss the movie without discussing spoilers agreed and so she and she she does like things that are questionably legal like paying off the owners the people who run uh, adult day centers and doctors to find the perfect victims for her to take advantage of and she finds a character played by Diane Weist who looks on paper to be the perfect victim a lot of money relatively healthy you know and Mm -hmm. then it turns out that she's not who she says she is right and you know she's connected to Peter Dinklage, who, you know, who's who's connected to, who's like a big dude in the Russian mafia, and then all this stuff unfolds. And I think the conceit of the movie, for me, is that 
if you're going to have what we call in postmodern uh, cinema an anti-villain, which is like an anti-hero but a villain, um, there still has to be something that you're drawn to. Sure, and and I don't want to. I just want to jump in real quick. I, at some point, we're going to get into this whole anti-villain or or or, or anti-hero talk uh, as well, because I don't. I think people have lost the narrative and don't know what that means anymore. But anyway, well, she's an anti. the The characters in this movie, the main character by Rose, that's played by Rosamund Pike, she is an anti-villain, and I sure. will explain that later. She is not an anti-hero. Yeah, an anti-hero <laughs> no. is is a character that may not play by the rules but follows the hero's path at some point in some way it, yeah. according to a code of goodness yep um and the thing about this movie that really didn't do it for me on many levels yeah. this movie didn't do it for me on many levels mm. but the first most important one was that i was never i never was connected to any of these characters mm. okay I mean, I, uh, I felt bad for the adults, and that's it. It's weird. Well, I felt bad for, and and it's funny. I think a lot of the adults, you like, they, they were kind of nameless in the movie too. Like that's the thing, with the exception of Diane Weist, who kind of ended up not really being the victim, but everybody else in the movie was just kind of like a footnote. Which I don't know if that, that I, I'm not. I still am not sure if if that's like a cool thing or if that's a bad thing. But you know the movie can only be so long. But I think that I think that speaks volumes when it's just like the people we're taking advantage of are just kind of nothings, right? Which in, is in, also in and my problem. I don't think that this was the goal of the movie. But the thing is, no. in in the aging community, a lot of times elderly people are the hidden victims. This yep. is a real thing. Yeah, uh, elder abuse is real. Uh, what happens in this movie does happen, not in this level. But yeah. people do take advantage of guardianship. Do people, you know, I have worked with the elderly in the past and, you know, the manipulation of elderly funds is a very real thing. And putting people in homes where they don't have a lot of control is a very real thing. And watching this character do this to these people really really upset me especially because at the end of the day I just don't think it was a very good movie uh, and but yeah so like to the an anti-villain is a character who who portends to have heroic features or heroic goals so she pretends like she cares a lot this this main character but is actually quite villainous because mm-hmm. she's not an anti-hero she's not no. somebody who's like I'm into villainous shit but I'm actually a hero she's She's claiming that she's altruistic, but really she's a sociopath. She picks, I mean, like, this movie about midway through takes, like, a very, like, unrealistic. Halfway through the movie, they're like, oh, we don't want to talk about realistic storyline. But at the beginning of it, you know. She's she's just like I'm this altruistic person, and when when you realize that she's fucking with the Russian mob, like it takes a sociopath to be like, all right, I'm just gonna mess with the Russian mob. Like who? Like yeah, like like yeah, this whole thing. Because that okay, yeah. See, that's another thing too. It's like that. That's another thing. You know, for the for folks like Scott said, or if you've been under a rock, 
certain, <clears throat> and it's not just so, social media stuff, but social media, prominent reviews, uh, just certain things do. I, I think we have to make it clear that there's a lot of folks that do think Rosamund Pike is like a twisted good guy, and that's important to be like she she really isn't. I don't even think it's like an in in in. I don't think it's an opinion. Um, and I think that's it too. Like that was my issue. Like making everybody in the movie even worse, kind of technically or just as bad. It's almost like, well, she's the main character, so we might as well be on her side and root for her. Because I think, I was, I think I was tr- never rooting for her. I never. Some people you know, are, she, and that's the problem. No, I, I know you're not. I know you. When won't. she starts beefing with the Russian mob, I'm like, neither of these people are good. Because, like, I'm not. Well, in the movie, I'm not saying anything about the Russian mob in real life. Russian mob, if you're listening, I'm not saying anything about. Yeah, it. we don't want any smoke. I don't want any smoke. None. I'm you guys are talking. you guys are cool guys. You got I. No smoke. I'm only talking about these characters yeah. in a movie. Yeah. I want no smoke. Yeah. Don't want it. These none of the characters are are what we would call good characters. These, yeah. you know, there's the there's a very. If you watch the nuance, there's a lot of suggestion that the main characters, you know, they fake their death. And, you know, that's how you find out that Diane Weiss's character is, spoilers, Peter Dinklage's mom. And Peter yeah. Dinklage is, is an important person in the Russian mafia who faked his own death and then faked the, and then basically created an ID for his mother so she wouldn't become a target to, to, bring, him, to bring him out from the cult. Right. And there's a couple scenes that highly suggest that he's involved in the smuggling of humans and drugs and... Like, these aren't good characters. Right. But then halfway into the movie, there's like, his henchmen are just shooting up an old age home. And you're like, oh, this is what's happening? Yeah. Yeah, it, it turned into almost like a warped kind of, well, at some point it turned, it was like James Bond, where it's like, I've tied you up and now I'm going to tell you my secret plan. And then, you know, she escapes from that. And then, yeah, there's like a shootout in the old folks home from like, from henchmen who aren't very good. That was another thing, too. Like, the main henchman guy was kind of dumb. I never got that. It's like, you're like a criminal mastermind, but the guy that you send out to do your bidding is always like a dummy. Yeah. I've never liked that trope. It's bigger than just this one movie. I've never liked that. Right. And so, like, the the Russian mob, like, the, 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 the main Peter Dinklage's squad start, like, like, killing people and, like, they get, they get Rosamund Pike's character and... They somehow don't kill her. They, they right. like they do the James Bond thing. Yeah, it's really for me like this was just piss. It just wasn't good writing. Like you're making these people out to be these really powerful characters, and y'all can't assassinate someone correctly. Like right, this this char- They like try to set this character up for like a drunk driving accident and don't make sure that she's that that she gets got. Right, and then you have this like twist ending. I guess we have to talk about the twist ending. Yes, that really I felt made no sense. So, yeah, so they try to kill her, and and it doesn't work. So then she sets up Peter Dinklage with like an OD. Like she sets him up. She finds him again. I don't believe this. I don't believe that someone who has no criminal, like, well, this sort of criminal, because I would argue that 
what she's doing as a guardian is literally criminal but she's not she's not like a violent criminal mastermind and all of a sudden she's able to to weed out yeah with her stun gun and all this yeah yeah, i just don't i don't believe that right and then she like she kidnaps peter dinklage and shoots him up with heroin so he becomes john doe and then she's like well if you don't give me mad money i'm gonna be your guardian and it's gonna be whack (laughs) and he's like well actually like let's team up and i'm gonna make you mad money yeah and that's when and that it was like and we'll we'll get to the very very end, but still at that point, that's where I thought the movie was going to end. End, and I was like, "What?" Yeah, and that's it. That's really they shouldn't have done that. I'm going to tell you what I think they should have done. What me and Saskia thought they should have done. Yeah. Spoilers. Like, oh, oh, I thought you were going to say it right now. Sorry. No, I'm going to. Okay, so what I think should have happened was the opposite. Is that what should have happened at the end? Is that she should have ended up in a guardianship where where she where the tides were turned on her. Yeah, now can, I, I, I want to address that for a second. So because, yeah, we, we said, so spoilers, I guess we'll say the real ending. So when I was in the midst of like the early draft of, of, of the review, um, Scott said that to me. This was like two weeks ago. And I was like, oh, wow. That's wow. Yeah, that tells like, you how it, much it, I didn't want to do this episode. But but but, but I also, but it made me think for a second. It was just like, okay. That like, cause for a second I was like, oh, that that that's so cliche. She ends up being the same. But then it was just like, well, no. It, it's like a long kind of process that she's gonna have to go through for the rest of her life. So that is suffering. But then I went back to the whole. But she'll still be. There's still gonna be like a care for. She'll still be kept alive and taken care of, even though she'll be miserable. And me being, I think, a more st- sadistic person, you know, than than you. It was kind of like, no, I want like blood and all this stuff you know so i think being being forced into a well i don't for if you've ever talked to somebody that's been into a forced medical situation where they're not mm. in control just because they're taken care of does not mean that it's not torture if you know anybody that's ever been like in an insane asylum or forced rehab uh, mental, mental. Uh, we don't call them insane asylums anymore. But. Sure, but you know what? Let's get into that because no, I haven't really known. And, and well, maybe if I you have. You know, if you've if if you've ever known somebody that's had to be put into a mental health facility against their own will, mm-hmm. it is not. You don't. Those places are not places that you go to. Honestly, in my opinion necessarily to get better you go there because you're safe yeah you know when anyone i know or have worked with had to be taken to those sort of places it wasn't because it wasn't to get better it was to make sure that you didn't get worse right so if you're put if you're put in a place where you're forced in a cell for 23 hours yes you are alive but if you look at what you know, solitary confinement and forced mental health and forced hospitalization due to the mind, mm-hmm. I would argue that, the, that it absolutely is torture. Well, And that's it, why I was so frustrated with what she was doing to these characters, to these, to our elders. 
Of course. Actually, you know what? I'm going to get back to what I was going to say later. Let, let me. So that that's that's another issue. I have to address what what you're saying even more because I read too much. And and again, I sought it out half of it, but then the other half of it just I just came across it in in reading stuff where it was just like again calling Marla Grayson a boss or calling her like oh she doesn't take any shit or she's I like mean, those things are really true but that doesn't mean it's a good thing right but people are saying it like it's a good and and i can't it's like yo this is fucked up like do you not get you know and 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 i and and i saw a couple and i highlighted one review in within my review that it's like this whole thing trust me i understand where pe- people are saying like oh it's okay for men to be you know terrible villains since the beginning of time but like women can't and my other issue is women have been like since the silent era, there's been villainesses that have kind of been presented out to be cool. It, it's not really a new thing. Like when people say stuff like that, it almost exposes like you don't really watch a lot of movies, but you're kind of acting as if you do to say, well, you know, we've never had these kind of characters before. It's like, yeah, you have. Yeah, like, and also like from Hollywood Boulevard to before, uh, I'm sorry, Sun- Sunset Boulevard before. Like there's the like the whole idea of like what the villainess is. It's like. These are like the evil female characters, but she's kind of presented as as cool, right. like not so. It, it, this has existed since almost the beginning of cinema, so it's not just because I get it, and I'm not defending. Like I like Clockwork Orange, I like Taxi Driver, but I like the movie. I'm not one of those like I don't love Travis not, Bickle. I don't love Alexander. You know, I I don't love these these people. That 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 would be fucked up. No, you just you. The thing is, you have to make them compelling. There needs to be something that's interesting. There needs to be a reason. I yeah. mean, when I'm when, the first time I watched Clockwork Orange, I was like, I'm waiting for Alex to get his. The first time I watched Taxi Driver, I was like, I hope this dude dies. Yeah. In a movie, I would never wish someone dead. Sure, sure, yeah, 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 I know. But like you know, and I'm gonna be honest. My tastes have greatly changed since I've grown up. Like, I tried to rewatch The Sopranos, and, like, I can't, like, you know, the sociopathy of of Tony Soprano is so bothersome to me now. So I don't even find that compelling. He's another example of what I was just talking about. Also, it's funny you bring up The the Sopranos, because I actually did watch the first few seasons. And similar to Breaking Bad, I think people forgot how certain shows started out with different tones, and then they just got super dark. Like mid 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 midway in, like Breaking Bad was like a comedy. He was this dumb science teacher in over his head selling meth. Like that was kind of the joke. And then by the end of it, sure he had cancer and there were things that happened, but he ended up being terrible. Just like 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 the the, the Sopranos, there was an element of like humor, like ah uh, the silly Italian guys, blah, blah blah. Like it was way more silly when it first started. Like because the whole premise was. It's similar. It's like my almost like a my, my blue heaven. Like, oh, the mob guy goes to the psychiatrist. You don't yeah. do that. Like that. That that was the this, joke. And then by the end, it's this really dark thing. And the absolutely, character, you, know, you have to build on things like you. Sopranos got just, really dark. With, like 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 when Joey pants. Breaking, as but, did Breaking Bad. I mean, yeah, both yeah. of those in the our comic book readers who listen to the show will appreciate this it's called the in in comic books it's called the cerberus effect which comes from the comic book cerberus which by very controversial comic uh david sims i think is his name mm-hmm. um, comic book writer where like this comic book starts as like this anthropomorphic art bark that's like very zany and then by the end of it was like super serious and political mm-hmm. and very controversial like there are complete 
storylines that upset very a lot of people. I I don't really have much of an opinion on it because I always I I honestly found the comic book kind of boring. Mm. But it's considered very significant because it was one of the first like successful graphic novels. They would create these like black and white called phone books, like super thick graphic novels, and it was one. It was like it went on for like thirty years or something like that. Um, yeah. So they call that the Cerberus effect, where something gets increasingly serious over mm. time. But back to I care a lot, and the actual ending is her and Peter Dinklage create this like super fantastic like billion dollar industry of fucking over old people yeah which and, it's yeah sorry and she gets this like gigantic expose on TV and then she comes then she like is leaving this interview and Macon Blair shows up again and he's like yo my mom died under your conservatorship uh, conservatorship that's like I don't know everyone's talking about Britney Spears right now and that's something that's... Did, did you happen to see that? Yeah, but I'll talk about that in a second. Yeah, of course, of course. And Macon Blair's like, my my, grand, my mom died, and I didn't get to see her, and he just, he he uh, mercs Rosamund Pike's character. Yeah. And, that, and she dies. And yeah. you're like, oh, poetic justice or something, but nobody's happy. Every, everybody's sad. That, yeah, that, that is true. I just think for me... So I'm going to, again, this is that for the listeners, this is the conversation that Scott and I had had a few weeks ago when he was saying, oh, no, it should have ended with her being take, like being cared for. And I wouldn't have been mad at that ending. But for me, going back to what I said, too, when it comes to certain things and what this is fictitious, my sadistic side comes out where it was like Scott was telling me, it was like, yeah, but her death was kind of quick. And it was. But at the same time, she died with enough time to realize, oh, shit, this is happening to me. Like she at least had, it wasn't like like a, a a Thanos finger snap. She got shot in the neck, and then it was like, oh damn! And then like her life did kind of flash before her eyes, and then she died. And to me, I think that's cool. It's one of those things like, hey, just before you die, you had it all, and then you die. Like that to me is justice to me in a situation like that. But I mean, I'm not seeking out justice for anybody. I don't really. I don't. I try to work on the parts of myself that's vindictive. I, that's not the person I want to be. Because when I when, sure. when sure. I go to my darkest places, when I go to my vindictive places, when I go to my revenge places, when I go to my spiteful places, I'm not happy at the end of the day. Yeah. Even if it that, feels good at first, when I think those dark thoughts, true. I don't feel good. Damn, this you know, goes I, it, back, this goes back to what we were talking about earlier. Like, I don't like to be toxically negative. I don't like to be toxically positive. I try to. I like to remain in what we call, in certain types of therapy, wise-minded. Damn, that's a good shit. I was just having this. I was having the same conversation, not, not as serious or not to that extent, but like, Twitter. I was talking to another. I'm not going to name names, but a former guest of the show. Just how like, we were both saying it's like, look, we never look for trouble on Twitter, but the the minute someone just because it's the internet, someone will come in. There's this weird phenomenon where someone enters your comment or tweets at you something very, very mean, and then you match that energy immediately, then they go, well, how dare you? Like, it's the weirdest thing. And it's not just on the internet. Pe- pe- people will do that in, in, in real life. I've experienced this my whole life, where someone will come up to you, start shit, and then you don't even go above and beyond. You match that energy back, which is fair, and then they immediately go, what the hell's your problem? Right. And then immediately it fucks with, like, wait, what just happened? Like, wait, like for a second, you? you're like, wait, what? And then because of the person I am, I, I was the, my friend who I was talking to, it's like, now I feel bad. And, and then 
now I've reached a point where I was like, no, don't don't feel bad. You didn't you didn't like go over the top. You just did what that person did back to you. And sure, yeah. you could have been, but I'm 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 the older I am, just because everyone has different life experiences. Me being the bigger person, the older I get, you have these flashbacks of like just growing up and and I'm getting a little more personal, but being the bigger kid. Or like a little tiny Napoleon complex guy shoves you and your friends or the teacher just like Marcus just don't just walk away and then as you're walking away and you let it go the little guy will like continue and then it's just well, like God. so so that was pointless like it, it does it feels like so I should have just like picked him up and throw him across threw him well, across yeah the here's the thing here's it's the thing like, that that I pick com- a person sucks sometimes no this is this is something that I talk about all the time in real life is that is that being the bigger person sucks like 80% of the time. If you watch any of the 90s action movies, when the good guy doesn't kill the bad guy, what happens? Yeah, it's like at the, he turns around, he gets the gun at the last minute, and then like, you know. And that's what happens in real life. When you're when you're dealing with somebody, like one. Uh, oh, yeah, by the way, Cerebus was, was written by David Sim. So I was close enough. And, mm-hmm. you know, and when you go over the top with it, like Sylvester Stallone, like when... When you, when someone throws something at you and you throw it back, you know, you dish it out and you can't take it, that, you know, that's like a form of gaslighting in a way. Yeah. And, you know, I don't really like that. It's, it's, but most people have cognitive dissonance and it's something that I work on because when I dish it out, I'm very good at it. Yeah. I have the ability. That's a very good point. Incredibly mean. Which is why whenever someone attacks me on social media, I text you and I'm like, yo, and you're like, you talk me down because I know that that I'm going to get way too excited about bodybuilding. I'm just going to (laughs) like... Wait, what? (laughs) uh, So that's like an inside joke, but uh, back in the day, uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger was asked about how he used to smoke pot back back when he was younger and mm-hmm. he was like it was a crazy time i was trying to get people excited about bodybuilding oh yeah i, I know this whole video that you're talking about or, so yeah, me and yeah, yeah, tone sure. tank for like the past 10 years like when we, when we go too hard we'll just be like yo i'm sorry i was just trying to get people excited about bodybuilding <laughs> and many years ago before i met saskia I was I had a short toxic relationship with somebody and and both of us acted in ways where you know it just wasn't like a good relationship nothing like bad bad like nothing like uh cancelable or anything just like it wasn't a good vibe you yeah. know what I mean yeah I, and the person, I, I, I absolutely know what you mean yeah like sometimes like like a relationship can be toxic and not be uh cancelable which has become like a meaningless word anyway, but yeah, because which is which is brilliant because now, now you've turned the word into a meaningless thing. So the the whole idea of the initial conceit, which is to make people feel accountable, has become a straw man. So you just call something canceling instead of like, being like, hey, I want to hold you accountable for doing something. Yeah. But anyways, you know, we we our vibe just wasn't good. We didn't make yeah. each other happy. That's what it, I'll say. It happens, yeah, unfortunately, but I, and, I know what you mean. And, like, this person, like, really villainized me, even though they broke up with me and were, like, not very nice. And many months 
later after like months of like just like not being very nice them not being very nice and me just sort of like uh ignoring it because like i was like in a healthy relationship and you know i just wasn't my vibe she was like but i was also kind of tired of it you know but mm-hmm. she sent me a very like a, a very heartfelt apology and i re- appreciate it but at the same time like person wasn't very nice to me for months yeah so i responded it's okay you were just trying to get people excited about bodybuilding <laughs> and i screenshotted that and i sent it to, to tone and uh he was he was like okay you want it life right now uh and she was like what do you mean and and i was like i was like i'm i was like you're good we're good <laughs> but yeah if you see if you saw a thing about britney spears framing britney spears like all of a sudden people realized that we treated female pop singers and female celebrities in the early aughts really terribly well it's funny i've, I've been like adjacent to all it because prior to watching a britney spears documentary with my wife like the previous year i think it was she she read the jessica simpson book or or a recent jessica simpson book um <clears throat> and that kind of like started it was like generally speaking a lot of this information is new it goes back to like the Jacksons or the Osmonds or even child at like the cast of the little rascals, I think is probably the biggest example about how, like with the exception of like a couple people, they all turn to a life of crime or drugs. Right. Um, I, I mean, and the public, just, the public are as guilty for Amy Winehouse's demise as anybody. We love yeah, to sure. watch someone fail. And her, that's her, her dad. Her dad is at the top of that list. Holy shit. That's sick. It's sick. Yeah, Amy Winehouse's people like to watch people fail. And also, talk about cognitive dissonance so framing britney spears which i think is definitely adjacent to this movie yeah a thousand percent because it's about control is that you know britney spears at some point was considered not able to make her own decisions and the paparazzi was terrible to her and they even interviewed this person who was like chasing after her and they were like do you think you went too far and he was like oh no because cognitive dissonance is a motherfucker well, no, you know what? It wasn't even. I, 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 I don't know if I'd respect it, but I'd almost feel fine if he was just like, no. I thought he was more like, well, you know, at the time, you have to understand, like that was my job. It, it was it, we, we had no choice. You did like that's kind of that was his vibe when it came to like chasing her down and taking pictures. It wasn't even like, no, I don't feel bad. It was more like, eh, you know, give me a break. Like that was his tone, from what I remember. If I, I, I could be wrong, but I mean, he, but he took no ownership. And true, I understand true. that paparazzi is a job. It's not a job I would want. Yeah. And I've had, you know, sometimes he like, you know, everyone, you know, it's, 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 it's a job that just seems like no one likes you and it's not pleasant. And, you know, right now, Britney Spears is not in control of her money or her choices or anything. Her father, who, who at least from the point of view of this documentary doesn't care about her that much is in control yeah. of everything and this will probably change because the public opinion has been like oh we did britney dirty now like we didn't yeah. deserve britney spears or whatever yeah and what it's shining a light on is like the way we treat people and the how like these things how control when other people have control think about like you and I can make bad decisions if we want to. We can make decisions that are not wise if we want to. Mm-hmm. And 
when other people are in control of that, like, you know, when I've worked with adults with disabilities and they're like, yo, why are you telling me like what I can eat? Like you can eat whatever sure. you want. Like I was, sure. I was morbidly obese for a minute. Yeah. I was, I was able, I was eating, like I was making choices that were mine, that were not in service of my body. Yeah. yeah. So what really frustrated me about this movie, what frustrates me about all of this is controlling people. I don't, I, I think controlling people is, that's the worst, that's, to me, that's worse than any sort of, like, scary thing. Agreed. You know what I'm saying? Especially when you're used to, <clears throat> I'm, I want to say too much, but I'm just kind of, I'm going through that right now, uh, again, adjacently with, with some family, and it's just one of those, it, it kind of sucks to, to see, especially from their perspective, because you used to be this, like, adult, no, I take care of myself, I do my own thing, and now someone I don't even know is telling me when I can do stuff, like, you know, and then and then what sucks is immediately, the minute you become, it could be, like, a rational thing, where you, just, like, just, hey, get your hands off me, or, like, I don't want to do this, then it's like, oh, you're being difficult, and then it's just such a helpless, uh, I hope, like, a helpless Damn. Yeah, and then all of a sudden... It's very like, scary. Yeah, it's so scary. Like, And everyone's like, talking to you like, it's okay, hey, it's okay. Like, no matter how aggressive you get, like, that kind of fucks with you more. You know, I, I don't mean to laugh, but it's just like, you know, ah. No, it, it really upsets me, especially when you're in control of people. I just, I really don't like it. Yeah. I don't, especially, or especially... Um, especially when, uh, how do I say this? Um, when I think about people, you know, there are people in my, in my professional life that have gone through things that I would never imagine. And there's people I love in my real life. Well, all of it's real, but like people that I have a relationship with in person who've had to go, go through these things force rehab or force mental health centers like when what really frustrates me is when when you're when you try to destroy somebody's spirit mm-hmm. yeah and you can do that with drugs you can do that with all sorts of things yeah you know when i saw one flew over the cuckoo's nest when i was 16 years old my mom was like you have to see this movie and the, i rented it from the the video store around the corner from my house and I'm at the end of the at the end of the movie I'm crying. Yeah. And I'm like, Mom, why did you have me watch this? And she was like, So you can understand empathy. Yeah. Because Nurse Ratchet, I mean if 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 you haven't seen One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, like, I don't know, that's considered like one of the hallmarks of modern American cinema. So I don't know. Like I yeah, I just spoiled it. Jack Nicholson's character is given a lobotomy because he he's they can't subdue his spirit again and the evil sorry people have had people have had like sixty years four, f- not it, whatever I'm not gonna get specific the movie yet. came you, out pe- like sixty years yeah. ago dude people have had decades to to see that movie so so there ain't no spoilers yeah just, I'm just saying I I guarantee you that movie how long did that how, I think it was it's early seventies. Like, the seventies is fifty years ago, bro. Yeah, I know. Fifty I know. years ago. Yeah, I know. It's it's. So insane. you've had fifty years. I said sixty, but you know, like I, you don't do hyperbole, but I do. You yeah. only do hyperbole when you're feeling uh, anger towards people. 
But when it comes to facts, you're more stringent. This is true. But you know, uh, the main character there, you know, there's these the three main characters of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest is Jack Nicholson's character, his Native American best friend, and Nurse Ratchet, and it takes place in a in a mental health facility, and he's just a counterculture dude who Jack Nicholson's character is just yeah. a counterculture dude who just like refuses to to be part of the status quo. Sure, he is a rapist of girls, little is girls. He? I don't remember that. I oh, I, I didn't want to jump in. Yeah, because that. that was the whole. So here's the thing: in the movie, they do mention it, but they graze it over. In the book, it's a little more explicit. Right, but, but not the book but not, and the movie yeah. are not the same thing, you know. The, it's yeah, that's true. But in the, in the movie, movie yeah, yeah, I for from what I remember in the movie, it was presented a little differently. But I will yeah. say, even it, if, it's understandable that 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 you forget it because that that means because that that was the movie's intention. That was Milos Forman's intention. I definitely believe so. So right, but yeah. I will say, as a mental health advocate and and someone who believes in. Uh, a restructuring of the entire system of how we punish people. I don't want anybody to be tortured. Mm. That's fair. Man. Even the yeah. bad guys. Mm-hmm. You know, right? If you're listening as this is happening, the the trial of Derek Chauvin for the murder of George Floyd is happening, mm-hmm. and the lawyers are trying to paint a picture that George Floyd was you know, was high on drugs or was a bad person or they're trying to paint the witnesses as a certain thing. And my thing is like, I believe that he was murdered. We've talked about this. I saw, like he was, George Floyd was murdered. Yes, he was. There was no reason. We saw it. There was no reason that a man trying trying to counterfeit a $20 bill should have died. Yep. That's point blank period. Yep. But my argument is like, I I let's uh, I don't believe that the cops should kill quote unquote guilty people either. Like let's say he was he did something bad, he didn't deserve to die. Agreed. Like like I don't think we should lobotomize quote unquote innocent people. I don't think we should lobotomize quote unquote guilty people. That's what like you know when uh, I, I I may have talked about this. Uh, before, you know, when we talked about this many months ago, but that was what got people so mad about the Elijah McLean murder, right? Because God, yeah, because he was he was what we that he was what certain people want from from a victim, like a, a, a dude who played violin for cats, right? And then, like in the same state, not that far from him, like uh, a white dude murdered people, like many people, and was taken into custody. So it shows you that there is a double standard. But I actually believe neither of them should have been killed. Yeah, of course not. And and that's all I'm saying. Yeah. I I mean, I'm saying a lot of things right now. That's fine. That's why we have a podcast. You know, like, I just think that, like, in, in reality, we should treat people with compassion and not be... And, and like not be like oh oh well this person deserved it I don't believe people deserved it so even if the character in one flew over the cuckoo's nest was a bad guy he didn't deserve yeah. to be lobotomized sure I don't believe that sure 
And I'll also argue that if it's not directly said in the movie, but directly said in the book, that doesn't mean that it happened. Because a movie and a book is a different thing. True, yeah. But, man, I gotta, I do, I have to deal with some things. Um, Alright, yeah, this was, uh, yeah, you know, that's cool. It's a good episode. But, yeah, like, be nice to people and, like, don't catch smoke on the internet. I don't know. 